Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to the concession stand here on the KB Radio Network. I am your host, Kevin Reed, and we are about to review the third episode of the second season to Marvel Studios' Loki, which is currently on Disney+. Plus. The title of episode three, 1893, and... This is the midway point of the season, being as though this season of Loki is only six episodes, uh, which is criminal to me <laughs> because I'm enjoying it so much. But uh, we've reached the midway point, And in this particular episode, we have all of our major players involved in this episode in one way or another. This is our first meeting of Victor Timely, portrayed by Jonathan Majors, who is a variant of King the Conqueror, or He Who Remains, who we've uh, met thus far in the MCU, all played by Jonathan Majors, uh, Loki, uh, Sylvie, uh, uh, Morbius, and we have returning for the first time this season from last season, uh, Renslayer, who is portrayed by Google Mabata Raw, and Miss Minutes, voiced by the great Tara Strong. I I enjoyed this episode, but I I do have flaws with it. But ultimately, I enjoyed it. The little things that I didn't enjoy, or I didn't like, or I'm kind of scratching my head with, <laughs> is little nitpick things that I have throughout the episode, but. Nonetheless, I did enjoy this episode. I think it's one of the better episodes of the season thus far. And so uh, let's dive into what took place in episode three entitled 1893. Uh, this episode takes, her, takes us back to that year in Chicago during the World's Fair. We meet Victor Timely, a variant of Kane, but unlike the Kane we met in Ant-Man and the Walls Quantumania, or even He Who Remains from season one of Loki. Victor is rather timid. <laughs> He's uh not nearly the evil mastermind that we thought we were gonna get. Um actually in this version of Victor Timely, he's a con man. You know, <laughs> he is swindling people for their money at the World's Fair where we saw early, I guess you could say, prototype to the temporal loom that is in the TVA. And so he swindles these people out of their money, uh, you know, having people bid for it, even though the thing doesn't work. <laughs> so uh, this is how Loki, Morbius, and Renslayer meet him for the first time and uh, wanting to take him back to the TVA in order to get the temporal uh, scanner, you know, for his, his, I guess, aura, I think they said, the aura of he who remains, and he would be the only one that could do it in order to fix the temporal loom and save the universe, essentially, uh, before all these time branches explode, overload the loom. And before I go any further, I just want to say going into this episode and looking at how the set design and the cinematography of this episode played out, 
in the first five to ten minutes of it, you I was in awe, and it continued on throughout the episode. I I, I gotta say it now because I can't contain it. It was so beautiful to watch. I mean, to see the World's Fair in 1893, it, it's almost like they captured it or shot on location with it and you know we know better but it it just looked so beautiful uh hats off to the director of this episode uh, i didn't catch the name but they did an amazing job it looked just phenomenal visually and so uh jumping back into this episode we see that renslayer has been well, we pick up with Renslayer right after season one, where we left off with her when she left the TVA. And this is right where she uh, uh, returns. And she returns, and it wasn't 1886, I think, uh, or 90, 93. Yeah, I think it was 1886 or something, something to that effect. But anyway, under the direction of Miss Minutes, who returns, uh, in season two, uh, instructs Renslayer to hand over the TVA handbook it, to this individual. What she didn't tell him who she just told her to put it through this window, and we see that this young black man, it or young black boy, little boy, in the room as the package is dropped off, and he opens up the package, and it's the TVA handbook that we have seen in the last two episodes that we know was written by OB. And so it was a nice little plant there for the past two episodes. And I knew that book played a major part. I just didn't know what, because they kept going back to that book from episode one, two, and now three, we get an idea. This is, this is the MacGuffin here. This is the uh, sports almanac <laughs> from um, uh, Back to the Future 2, you know. <laughs> so this was this was going to play a major part here. And um, we later find out, of course, that that young black boy grows up to be Victor Timely. And so now you have to ask yourself the question, is the TVA handbook being placed in the hands of this young boy the seed to Kane. Is this the is this the origin of Kane? Is this the reason he became who he was? So many questions there, you know. Now granted it isn't a real important question, but it's just a fun one to think about like wow, is something that simple is the reason we have this big threat now? And it you know, unbeknownst to our heroes of this story, it is like you missed it so it's it's over now <laughs> you know but regardless it's just crazy that something that simple can cause such a i would say global but actually universal problem and we have the arrival of loki and uh morbius in 1893 to, to find miss minix because that's who they were initially searching for only to stumble onto Renslayer and Victor Time. And so now the stakes have gotten a little higher, you know, and we saw the post credit scene in 
Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. As we can see, that was a scene from this episode. So it wasn't shot for that movie. They just took a scene from this episode and put it in the end credits of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And so we always knew this was coming. And so it, it was kind of funny, <laughs> you know, but I love Tom Henderson in that scene when he finally, when he saw Victor Timely in the fear that ran through his face, through his body. He displayed it beautifully. And I was like, man, <laughs> I got worried. I, I got scared. Like, is Victor Timely going to do something now here in this particular episode of the show? But it was brought back down to earth with uh, Owen Wilson. He was like, wait, that's the guy you're afraid of? <laughs> you know, it's like, really? That dude? That, it, it, he just he just uh, <laughs> sucked all of the fear and tension out of it, out of that scene. But it, it was rightfully placed. Um, we go through a little rigmarole, a little back and forth uh, where they were trying to chase down victor timely renslayer has gotten him her and miss minutes should i say and they managed to evade uh victor time i'm uh, not victor time they managed to evade uh loki and morbius and the people that were swindled <laughs> by victor timely and uh they end up on a boat and we see a nice scene there between jonathan majors and uh uh google mabato raw and it was, this was just acting one-on-one here. Uh, I must say, Jonathan Majors, once again, it shows that he is so versatile. He was so funny in this episode, throughout this episode. And the way he played this character is genius because he's playing all these characters different. He played He Who Remains, Kang, and now Victor Timely differently these are three different people yet they're the same if that makes any sense but the way he played them is genius and i love his adaptation of victor timely with the stammer and you know the timidness and the awkwardness and you know you could tell he's a genius but he's uh, he lacks a little uh common sense maybe i don't know but it, it's <laughs> I'll say that he'll he's book smart, but not street smart. I'll say that much, but it was such a good performance. I don't know what's going to happen with him uh, legally, personally with the situation he was going through. Uh, but whatever happens, I, I can tell you this. That's not going to take away from the fact that he is, he is an amazing actor. An amazing. The whole time watching this episode, I was just just smitten by his performance. Uh, but uh we get an appearance from Sylvie. Uh she pops up uh and tries to kill uh Victor Timely and Loki is you know trying to stop her and you know they having a back and forth and whatnot and her logic is sound and that's what makes this so compelling because they're both right, Loki and Sylvie. They're both right. But, you know, both can't have it their way. You know, somebody somebody uh, uh, is going to be unhappy at the end of the day. And so, uh, and it is going to ultimately affect everyone in the universe. Uh, 
<laughs> but they're both right. But anyways, the scene I really wanted to touch in on, you know, leading up to another scene that I want to touch in on, and that is uh, Victor Timely and Renslayer's little connection on the boat. And we see that there is a connection there. They're kind of semi-flirting with one another, and they're, you know, they touch hands and everything. But all the while, we have Miss, Miss Menace in the background who is looking upon this, and you sense the jealousy, even in her voice. Tara Strong, voicing this character, is voicing, I mean, if you don't, have a lot of respect for voice actors you think they just stand in a booth and recite lines and don't emote watch this episode <laughs> you look at voice acting differently i never felt that way but i know a lot of people do feel that way i tara strong i mean killing it in this role voicing miss minutes and the jealousy from this ai projection it was like, man, it was kind of spooky in a way and creepy, you know, <laughs> to the point to where she got uh, uh, Renslayer kind of jettisoned away from Victor Timely to where she can be alone with him. And that led to the other scene where she is, I guess you could say, confessing her feelings to her, to, to uh, Victor Timely and expressing how she wished she had a body that she can show him that uh, she loves him and you know they can do more together wink wink and <laughs> I thought that was a awesome scene and for uh, uh, the way Jonathan Majors was playing off of it and you know kind of worried and creeped out by it and uh, ultimately trapping her back in the little temp pad was like genius it was it was it was really really played out well it was well directed and everything so i i really love that part of it uh this episode ends with i would say some uh, cliffhangers in a way but setting up uh these next ep three episodes to be very interesting loki and morbius uh managed to get victor timely to come back to the tva after they stop uh, Sylvie from killing him. And she has a moment of clarity and lets him live. And, you know, I thought that was a really good scene. Very played out well by the actress who played Sylvie. I thought she did an excellent job here. Uh, I mean, really good. <laughs> I didn't like when she popped up early. I'm going to get to that when I get to the points I don't like about this episode. But I loved her in this scene. So Loki and Morbius takes him away. They go back to the TVA. Sylvie kicks uh, Renslayer through the time door, and she ends up at the Citadel at the end of time where we see the rotten corpse of he who remains still in the chair, slumped over, decaying. And her and Miss Minutes, she released Miss Minutes from the time, uh, uh, from the box. And um, she tells Renslayer that you know I know I know some secrets about him you know and I know some secrets about you but you're not gonna like it <laughs> you know it's gonna make you really angry and so they're plotting their revenge and so going back in the episode ends so going back to 
Victor Timely uh, getting him back to the TVA. This is where I'm like, I I don't like this because they going to, and I mean, story, not like it, like this, not good for the story. I don't like it for the story because I think he did this on purpose. This was part of the plan. He, basically, it was a Trojan horse, if you will. He he wanted to get back, or not get back, but come to the TVA, and this was part of the plan. And Miss Menace was saying that all throughout the episode that this was part of He Who Remains' plan to give him the book to, uh, for him to meet Renslayer and so on and so forth. So all this is playing out the way He Who Remains intended. So him going back to the TVA, I I believe is part of the plan. We'll find out a little later on, uh, in these next three episodes, I would imagine. Um, Sylvie having this, you know, turn here, I think is a nice turn. And, uh, the, uh, Renslayer and Miss Minutes being at the end of time, as the citadel is crumbling around him, the rotten course of a uh, corpse of he who remains is there. They're plotting their revenge. So what's going to come with that? This was a nice setup. This was a nice mid-season point for this series. Um, the points that I don't like about this episode, like I said, they're nitpicks, but they kind of bothered me. <laughs> It bothered me to the point I have to mention them. The first thing is when Renslayer first meets, well, don't not first meets, but run into Loki and Morbius when they meet up with Victor Timely and they're trying to go, you know, take Victor Timely for their own reasons. Renslayer had zero reaction to it. Like, why are you here? Or, not even a look on the face like oh my god they're here you know none of that it was it was like okay the conversation just kept going it's like she knew they were there you know she knew they would be there but none of that was indicated earlier so i i don't know if it was a editing thing maybe they had a scene earlier that they cut out i don't know but when they first meet up it was no surprise at all. And I, I was expecting her to see them like, Oh my God, what are y'all doing? How do y'all get here? How do y'all know about this? You know, something, but it was none of that. And now it just bothered me. <laughs> that bothered me. And speaking of showing up, I hinted to it earlier, Sylvie showing up and showing up just out of the blue to kill Victor time. And it was like, nobody questioned <laughs> you know, she just popped up. How did she know to come there? You know, cause she left the TVA before they found out where, uh, Sylvie was. At least I'm, if I, I could be mistaken, I know the last episode when she was in the TVA and they said they had a hit, but she had left. I don't think she found out where, you know, she was too distraught. So she just left. Actually, the last time we left her, she was back in her timeline uh, at the McDonald's. So what happened? How did she just pop back up and knew exactly where they were? Unless she's tracking them some type of way that I missed. But I, it threw me off. 
It really did. It was a nice scene. You know, the back and forth with her and Loki and uh, Victor Timely in the, you know, the Ferris wheel carriage or whatever. Nice scene. But it was it was kind of like thrown there. <laughs> you know, it was no setup to that. And, um, oh, my God, it was another scene that bothered me and it, it blew out my head. Maybe I didn't have another one, but I know those two, those were my two bigger bugaboos of this episode. But none of that, none of that bothers me to the point where I was like, oh, this is a bad episode. This was still an excellent episode. It wasn't the best thus far. Um, I still give that to the first episode. I thought that the first episode was perfect, but it's still up there. It's still good. You know, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm enjoying where this show is heading. This is the, I, I said it last week i think i said it the week before and i'm gonna say it again this week this is the best thing from marvel we have seen in two years honestly it is really really good and well acted written and directed all three episodes thus far now the the, the wheels can come off the wagon with these next three is it's, it's very possible but I'm enjoying these three thus far. I can say that with my chest. I would like to know how you feel about this episode of Loki season three. Let me know by email. KB radio podcast at gmail.com. You can also look me up on all social media platforms. Just look up the KB radio network as well as looking up the KB radio network channel on YouTube subscribe and like this video don't forget about the five stars the reviews and sharing this show if you're listening on apple Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio, wherever you are currently listening to the concession stand here on the kb radio network oh man this is some good stuff loki man loki oh i remembered my other one i, I remembered my other thing <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad I I caught it before we finished. The other thing was, which it wasn't bad, but it was noticeable. There wasn't much Loki in this episode. <laughs> this was a Loki show, but it wasn't a lot of Loki. It was really uh Victor Timely and Renslayer and Miss Minutes. It was their episode. Now, that, that's not a bad thing. You need to set up your characters. So it's not the end of the world, but it was just no Loki. <laughs> uh, I can count on one hand how many scenes he was in. What, about four or five, maybe? It was, the rest of it was all Victor Timely. And that's fine. It, it's fine, but it just stuck out. <laughs> it really stuck out. But regardless, I enjoyed it. Uh as always, I'm not grading this episode. I'm not grading any of the episodes. We're going to grade the season as a whole after the sixth and final episode of the season. Everybody, thank you for joining me for this review of Loki season two, episode three, entitled 1893, currently on Disney+. Plus. Can't wait to speak to you next week for episode four. Until then, I want you all to know that I love you. Continue to love everyone. And until we speak again, 
You all be blessed.